Southeast Motorsports coverage. Here's your host, Tom Baker. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Lead Lap Show. My name is Tom Baker. It is great to be back again after a bit of a break for the 4th of July weekend and a chance to get a little bit of rest and relaxation in and recharge the batteries a little bit. Uh, Glad to be back with you from the WSIC studio. And uh, joining me on this show is one of uh, our favorite people. Lenny Batiki is with us, and the reason why Lenny is with us uh, for this week's show is to talk about um, a man who was honestly an icon. Um, as we talked about on our last show, Bruton Smith passed away recently at the age of 95, and um, Lenny, of course, has worked for uh, Bruton and the Smith family at Charlotte Motor Speedway with the uh, Performance Racing Network for quite a while now. So we thought it would be good to uh, to bring him on. Of course, his show, PRN's at the track, also airs on WSIC here. So, uh, Lenny, it's great to have you back, uh, and I appreciate you taking some time to uh, to come on and talk with us about Bruton. I'm curious. Um, just off the top of your head, what thoughts go through your mind when you think about Bruton Smith? Risk taker and innovator. And uh, first off, a pleasure to be on with you, uh, uh, chatting with you, whether it's here or uh, somewhere, grabbing a lunch or a dinner or wherever. We need to uh, do that again. So you have such a vision for the sport, Tom, and to be on the lead lap uh, with you is uh, is a real honor tonight and to be able to talk Appreciate about it. what you said, an, an icon, Bruton Smith. Yeah, he definitely was. Um, talk a little bit about um, kind of, you know, where everything is right now. Of course, uh, the services have been completed, and uh, but I, I'm, I'm sure that um, it's got to be a real adjustment uh, at, at Charlotte Motor Speedway and throughout the SMI and Sonic Automotive uh, families, uh, you know, just uh, to not have Bruton with us. Well, not having him will certainly, uh, you know, be a loss of, you know, the ideas that he could come up with that almost nobody could come up with. Uh, I'm impressed with Marcus Smith, though. Uh, Bruton didn't come up with the Roval. Marcus did. Uh, you know, it's yes. other of the things that Marcus has done uh, kind of in the, in the same vein. So maybe this will free up some of, uh, you know, Marcus's uh, mind to go off into distant places where uh, he can take the sport and be an innovator again like his father. Yeah, for sure. Um, what do you remember? How long ago was it? Tell us that you came to Charlotte and talk about some of your early interactions with Bruton. Um, I remember meeting Bruton probably in the early nineties. Oh, uh, wow. I think we rode rode an elevator uh, up uh, somehow uh, at at the track at Atlanta, uh, going up and down, or or some some oh, function okay. we were doing in Atlanta. And, uh, you know, just, you know, hello and, uh, you know, chat, chit chat, uh, as you will, uh, while you wait floor to floor to get off on the, on the next one. But you could just tell then, uh, the, the charisma and the, um, the energy that the room, even though it was a small room at that point, uh, you know, filled when he was there. And, um, I never lost that. Whenever I would see him, I would, I would try to pause if I could and just watch who was around him and what was going on and how he was holding court. And 
there was there was something uh, about how he did things that separated him and uh, you know was a real magnet to uh, people that wanted to make things happen. He could make things happen, and if you were around him, you know um, he was going to make it happen. And uh, the dry wit and the uh, you know just the uh, the earthiness of how he would go about things. There wasn't um, you know uh, big words. They were words that mattered when he spoke. Yeah, that's what I was going to talk about with you is I feel like he was one of those guys. I mean, Humpy Wheeler gets a lot of the credit for a lot of stuff that, you know, happened at Charlotte Motor Speedway with, you know, the the halftime shows and, of course, you know, the all-star race and the nighttime, you know, uh, and lighting up the place and all of that. But, you know... I think people forget that Humpy didn't own the track. Bruton did. And I feel like Bruton was one of these gentlemen that, you know, again, he was, he was fine with his people kind of being out front in the spotlight. But when he decided to speak, um, he, he chose his words carefully and, and it was kind of walk softly, but carry a big stick kind of uh, approach for him at times. It felt like. Yeah, and it, and it really worked, uh, whether it was uh, having Eddie Gossage over at Texas Motor Speedway eventually after his days doing communications at the Speedway or, uh, you know, any number of uh, the folks that Bruton would put into powerful positions to let them uh, be the front person, let them lead, let them do their job. And then from an overarching uh, Speedway Motorsports branding, and, and really vision of the sport branding. And then not just NASCAR, but NHRA, or wherever sanction uh, he was doing business with and supporting, uh, he would look at it much more than just one track at a time. This was a, a, a years in advance, a big picture thinking, and how can we make this bigger and better uh, than it's ever been? And uh, you hear that from Marcus now with the bigger, better, best. Uh, what whatever he is trying to do and to push his people to do, uh, that echoes through. So, uh, you know, I, I think uh, we'll be hearing Bruton's words for a long time, and especially the ones that say we work for the fans. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I feel like with Bruton, when you think about it, I heard a quote uh, somewhere that talked about how he wanted to ensure that when somebody came to one of his racetracks for a race, they made memories that would last a lifetime. And I feel like that was the sort of prevailing uh, mission throughout all of the SMI tracks over the years. And that's why he empowered, uh, you know, people like Humpy Wheeler to be able to do the things that, you know, that they did and come up with these wild halftime shows and these big events. Um, you know, it just, uh, he wanted everybody to go away happy. He did. And, you know, to innovate with things like the Speedway Club, who would ever put a mahogany walled Speedway Club there <laughs> yeah. uh, at a racetrack or condos there? Um, you know, so many of the lighting a racetrack, things that he was the innovator on. He was the guy that um, moved the needle to make happen and then had his people there to, uh, you know, make sure that it, it did come to life. But uh, he had a vision uh, of the way things could be that almost nobody else could imagine at first. And then he would 
push the sport to that direction and, uh, you know, give his people power along the way to customize it to their area. We just got back from Atlanta hours ago uh, from the races there this weekend, and they had a big music festival combined with the race. They had a number of bands all throughout the week, even at different locations, just promoting that uh, the week in Atlanta was going to be a a solid week of fun and entertainment. And and you could almost hear Bruton, you know, in the words uh, that Brandon Hutchison uh, the the GM down there was saying uh, it, it was all about finding ways for the fans to get that bang for their buck and to enjoy themselves at an event at one of Speedway Motorsports tracks. Yeah, you know, you you think about. I mean, you mentioned a number of things that that uh, uh, Bruton was, you know, o- at least you know, overarchingly responsible for with, with the, the halftime promotions and, and, you know, a lot of different things. Um, even the legends cars. I mean, we had Garrett Lowe on a couple of weeks ago um, and, you know, Garrett, uh, a racer in the legends car division and, and, a, and, and a, a very, um, very uh, accomplished sim racer now too, with the NASCAR series, but the legends cars were another thing that was, they were, that was started by Bruton and Humpy and that whole crew at Charlotte motor speedway. And now it's a worldwide division. Yeah. They wanted to be able to, uh, you know, they were, they were short track guys. Bruton Smith was a dirt track promoter, promoted a track that uh, is in some field over in uh, Denver, North Carolina. Now (laughs) one of the early tracks he promoted, he co-promoted a track in Winston-Salem with a guy named Bill France Sr. Um, you know, they were short track promoters that knew how to make sure that, you know, there was some wow and pizzazz because this car racing thing was, you know, kind of still new when they were starting doing what they were doing in the late 40s and 50s and such uh, just after the Second World War. Yeah. And they wanted to make sure that people would come out and, you know, try to hoot and holler and have uh, as much energy as they could during the time that uh, they were at those events. And I think that just continued. And then the Legends cars were an opportunity to cap the cost of the vehicle for the racer to still be able to have a level playing field and to compete. And now that replicates itself across the globe. Yeah, it's really amazing what what, uh, they came up with for the formula for that being basically a a spec car and in, in a car that uh, looks like something out of generations ago, but um, you know, is actually horsepower to weight ratio wise. Uh, it's probably the most nimble little short track car you could get yourself into on the pavement. And I think uh, for myself as you know, a driver uh, coach uh, and, and promoter um, of young racers, it's a, uh, I think it's the best division on pavement to start in. Um, and so just a, an amazing thing that they did that, like you said, is now, you know, across the globe and uh, who knows how many racers have legends cars right now that compete on a weekly basis. Uh, you know, ag- again, the, the, the dirt track at uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway, the Z-Max Dragway, which we'll talk about um, a little bit in our next segment and, you know, Sonic Automotive. And um, one of the things that we'll start with in the next segment is I want to talk about Speedway Children's Charities, because I think that was, to me, that uh, stands as one of the most uh, glorious accomplishments of uh, Bruton Smith. So we'll uh, have more of Lenny Baticki with Lead Lap continues right after this.
Hey guys, this is Nathan Bird, a.k.a. Birdman, and you're listening to Lead Lap Radio. Welcome back to Lead Lap here on WSIC. If you're listening to us on one of our other affiliates, uh, we certainly appreciate uh, having you as well. Feel free to share the show and help us to uh, grow a bigger family here. And of course, you can uh, get all of our programming on steeringwheelnation.com, steeringwheelnation.com. And uh, next week we'll have some um, news about uh, the new Steering Wheel Nation magazine that's going to be launching as well. So excited about that. Um, Lenny Batiki is our guest on this show, and uh, we are talking about Bruton Smith. Uh, And Lenny, I think to me, one of the, one of the the parts of Bruton Smith that I think a lot of people kind of overlook because they think about all the racing stuff. And and I think Speedway Children's Charities kind of uh, maybe doesn't get name checked as often as it should. Talk a little bit about Speedway Children's Charities, um, because to me, I think this is one of the um, the key parts of the legend of Bruton Smith that thankfully will live on and will continue to impact uh, children for generations to come. One of the things that when people think about charities nowadays is, you know, what's the, the power to weight ratio, uh, to use your terms from uh, the last segment, how, how much of my dollar is going to what I think I'm, I'm going to? Well, Bruton Smith said every bit of those dollars goes to the, the charity because I'll cover all the operating costs, all the employee costs, all the note paper, all the, you know, whatever we got to do, pens, pencils, we're going to give them offices in the Speedway Club, we'll give them offices, you know, wherever across the country there are, we'll make sure that there's a person and a place for them, we'll take care of all that. If a fan gives a dollar to Speedway Children's Charities, it goes to the children in that community, and whether that community is out at Sonoma Raceway, Las Vegas, Texas, any of the Speedway Motorsports tracks, Charlotte, Bristol, uh, Atlanta, all the way through New Hampshire, all of those tracks have individual Speedway Children's Charities offices and personnel that collect the money and then award the uh, the charities in their area uh, money so that they can help the local community that each of those tracks serves. And it, it's phenomenal. Uh, you know, Bruton didn't have to do that. He could have set it up and said, you know, well, we'll, you know, we'll give them 50 cents, 80 cents, whatever. But it's 100% of every dollar that goes from the fan to Speedway Children's Charities will impact one of these children uh, in their community. And, um, you know, it is the, uh, the great legacy of him giving back to the fans that made him who he was. Yeah, it, it really, to me, that, you know, Bruton as an icon, when I think about the legend that uh, he leaves behind, I really feel like Speedway Children's Charities is right at the top. The racing's great, and the the Speedways are great, and Sonic Automotive is great, but um, the impact that Speedway Children's Charities have had uh, for, you know, at least one, or if not two generations now, um, is is just going to carry on, and that, to me, is amazing. Let's talk a little bit about the Speedway expansion, because first of all, we'll start with the dirt track, because I don't think, at least um, from my memory, I don't know if a lot of people in the area really thought that that was 
actually going to happen at first, but he was determined to put a dirt track in. And to me, um, I think that dirt track stands as just as, uh, just as entertaining for the fans as the big speedway does and serves a definitive purpose for a number of dirt track divisions, both local and national. Oh, I think you're very right. Uh, the world of outlaws world finals coming, uh, the first week of November annually is always a must attend event for all three divisions. It's the only place they all end up at the same time and fans from all over the globe, show up here for that as well as pretty much uh somebody from every state in the union and canada comes down and it's it's that bonding of the entire dirt track community but an event that happens over there that it that fills the house just as much that gets a lot less publicity is the monster truck event that we have over there in august and the reason that i think that's a great event is because it brings that new young fan to come see an activity at the tracks at Charlotte yes. Motor Speedway. It gets them comfortable with the relationship with automotive and the facility. And you know what? Those kids grow up and they become the race fans at NASCAR, at NHRA, and back at that same dirt track for the World of Outlaws. Absolutely. No, it's a, it's a great event. And uh, that's a great um, I call it a series, I guess it is, but, um, you know what the, the show that they put on and it's so fan friendly, I think that you're right. That's probably a, a show again, that doesn't get a lot of, uh, necessarily doesn't get name checked with some of the other stuff going on at the speedway, but even the car shows that, that go on there, they're, they're just, um, my gosh, the scope of the car shows and talk about those and talk about uh, Christmas, the Christmas show, because again, these are things you don't see at every racetrack in the country. These were innovations that I think started with, with Bruton Smith, especially the, the, the Christmas display. You, you've got that right. Bruton Smith and, and his forward thinking and innovating and, you know, risk-taking. I mean, these things don't magically guarantee themselves are going to be uh, a winner, so somebody's got to take uh, some risk to yeah. be able to get them up and running. And a lot of times that risk doesn't pay off for a few years, if ever. But it's something that was in him to try new things. And the, the Speedway show, uh, Christmas that uh, you wind through the Speedway and the, the millions of lights and the miles and miles of them and the memories that come with them. Again, with fans that aren't race fans, these are these are people that just want to come see Christmas lights. Yeah. Hey, bring them to our place. We can make it safe. We can make it fun, and we can make it that family experience that maybe they'll come back and become a race fan. So uh, you know that is one of the great ones. Hey, you know one thing. I, I know we've got some other topics still to go, but I want to backtrack to a few of the graduates of U.S. Legends. Like yesterday's winner, Chase Elliott, sure. like Dale Earnhardt Jr., the Bush brothers, William even Byron. Jonathan Davenport in the dirt world. I mean, think about where where they may not have been if there weren't legends. Oh, there's no doubt. That's what I'm saying. His Bruton's whole existence, there's so much impact that flows down and, and flows out in so many directions. You know, the Z-Max dragway, I mean, I remember there being a lot of uh, sort of contention uh, when that was being built. Uh, I don't think. You know, not everybody wanted to see that happen, but um, Bruton made it happen. And not only that, but he ended up making it the first first track, I believe, in the country with to go four wide, um, uh, which is 
I mean, you, if if anybody in our audience has never gone to the the four wide nationals and seen four funny cars or four top fuel cars light off at once, um, boy, you're missing out. And uh, I, as far as I know, that was the first in the country, right? Yeah, and, and Bruton's relationship with the drag racing community, uh, John Force was genuinely a, a friend of his. They be they became more and more bonded as the years went on with. <laughs> you know, uh, the track at Las Vegas as well and such. But that four-wide race, and again, pushing it to the Bellagio style, the, a massive, uh, beautiful facility like Z-Max Dragway. And if you've got a minute, I'll tell you a little story about Z-Max Dragway and Bruton Smith. Three minutes. We do tip- typically a NASCAR night where you can, NASCAR community comes out and they get to run, and there's there's not a lot of fans there. It's just really the community to play around uh, at Z-Max before uh, one of the Nationals. Okay. And Bruton pulls up, and I'm announcing from trackside with the microphone. He kind of waves me over to his car, and then he stands up next to me, and he starts, like, co-commenting on some <laughs> of the cars going out there. <laughs> and it was just a blast. And when, uh, you know, he knew somebody in the car, he'd kind of, you know, egg him on a little bit, this and that. But he was he – was, a, a guy at that moment he yeah. was he was just that regular guy enjoying the drag races at his place uh you know on his microphone but it was really fun to hear him make a you know some of the the regular comments about you know oh, this guy's going to go faster and watch that car and just that kind of stuff <laughs> that um you know you really got to see the the race person in him uh i did up close and personal and it's just a memory that I, I was so blessed to uh, be able to have. Well, and, you know, we could talk about Sonic Automotive uh, and and uh, what's been built from that, and uh, it, but also at it, 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 Charlotte, the the go-kart track, the short course for uh, the road race go-karts, WKA and other series. I've been there twice this year for, for races on that course. And um, just the, the the two weekends ago was there for the return of WKA's gold cup. And uh, was just after uh, Bruton went uh, home to be with the Lord and, and they had his picture up on the big screen um, with a big smile on his face, just kind of watching over everything that was happening on the course. It was uh, really um, pretty surreal and, and and pretty neat to think about. Uh, again, that was something that he wanted to do. He was really uh, excited about uh, the grassroots racing levels and wanted to start them as early as he could there. You got about a minute. You know, Bruton Smith's legacy will live on in Americana, whether it was Henry Ford, Ransom Oles, Lewis Chevrolet, Bill France, Bill France Jr., yeah. on and on there are a handful of people that impacted the entire motoring world, the entire automotive world, and Bruton Smith was a guy like so many of us that just loved some fun with an automobile and loved to make things happen out of vision that he had such a unique ability to. God bless you, Bruton. Thank you for all that you've done for all of the automotive world and the racing world. And we will certainly miss our friend, Bruton Smith, but we'll enjoy his labor and his vision for generations. Lenny Baticki, I know uh, Mrs. Baticki has prepared an amazing dinner for you, so I need to let you get to it or she's going to hit me with something. So thanks for being on with us uh, on Lean Lap, and we'll be back with more of the show right after this. 
to B Lab Radio. Welcome back to Lean Lab as we roll on through another episode of the show. Uh, really appreciated our good friend Lenny Batiki uh, taking some time out of his um, evening. We, we we do record these shows in the evening and uh, they play on Saturday mornings on WSIC and also um, across our all of our affiliates as well. But um, appreciate him taking some time to talk about uh, Bruton Smith. I, boy, there's just... I feel like you could literally write a book and somebody should write a book about Bruton Smith because uh, there is just so much depth to what he built and the impact that each of those different uh, parts of his life have had and will continue to have again for, you know, for generations to come. It's uh, it's pretty amazing. So um God bless uh, Bruton's family and look forward to uh, Marcus and Graham and uh, everyone at uh, SMI carrying on the legacy that uh, Bruton started there. So uh, with that, um, let's go ahead and talk about I want to talk about the magazine a little bit that uh, that we're doing with Steering Will Nation, because um, this is going to be a little bit different. Um, it's a quarterly print and digital magazine, and, and we are. Um, we're not going to be, we're not trying to be the ultimate short track magazine. We're trying to be um, a useful short track racing magazine. And when I say that, what I mean is this, we are going to cover a lot of divisions of short track racing that a majority of our media colleagues don't. And so a lot of, the, there are so many great stories throughout the racing world that never get told because it seems like all of the major media and I, and, and it's understandable why this would be the case. Um, but they all focus on the big divisions. Uh, you know, they all talk about NASCAR, formula one, IndyCar, drag racing, NHRA, whatever. But there are, there is far more to the racing below that, that, those divisions than, you know, than there is in those divisions. The majority of the racers that, um, that, that get into a race car will never ever make it to NASCAR or IndyCar or F1. They're the racers that race at Hickory Motor Speedway or Millbridge Speedway, you know, or the, uh, the short course that I mentioned in the last segment, the go-kart racers that race, um, you know, in series that run on a track like that at Charlotte Motor Speedway, the Legends cars, these these are the guys and girls that basically put everything on the line that they, you know, just to get to the track. And so we wanted to, uh, Steering Wheel Nation basically is the brand that was built for uh, those folks, and we're all about stories on steeringwheelnation.com, not so much stats. You'll see race recaps, but we don't um, really sort of plan our flag with those things. We really are about uh, just bringing you personalities like we do on, on lead lap here, whether it's a next-gen racer um, or it's, you know, a, a, a racer of uh, from from the past and just love telling great stories. So um, had a chance, for example, over the weekend to – uh, spend some time talking with 
um, a, a, a racer who is now racing over in the UK in a Formula Ford, but his name is Gabe Tash. Gabe, um, Gabe didn't start racing until he was about 13 years old. He's now uh, 18, I think. And Gabe had uh, was diagnosed at age 11 with brain cancer. And so Gabe's story about how he overcame that and then felt like God brought him through that to do something extraordinary. So he decided he wanted to race for a living and then use his racing platform to promote God's kingdom. Those are the kind of stories that we want to bring to you uh, with Steering Wheel Nation magazine. And so we're real excited about that and and uh we're gonna ha- we're gonna do a lot of uh, unique things with it the digital edition for example is not going to be a mirror of the print we wanted we're, we're going to put some bonus content into that there's going to be a an exclusive podcast in each digital um issue of of the magazine so each quarter um that you know may expand on some of the stories that are in the print edition or it may just be you know completely different and uh, we we really want to have some fun with this. We want to treat it like we're giving you basically two different editions um, each time out. So it, you know, we uh, I'm going to have uh, more information on next week's show about that. But I'm really excited to to be able to to do this project. I started as a writer back in 1988. That's how I got into motorsports and haven't done as much of it lately. Uh, because the radio stuff and the podcasts and, and a lot of the other uh, work that I do kind of take precedence. But um, hope that you all will be excited about it. We'll we'll give you more information next week, tell you how to subscribe. But uh, we're real excited about this. Uh, first issue goes out in September. And uh, like I said, it's, it's, it's going to be very, very different. We're going to have uh, some fun with this and, and really try to, to bring some unique stories, uh, past, present, and future photos, all kinds of good stuff. So we're going to kind of take the multimedia approach with it and um, hope that you like it. So Steering Wheel Nation magazine is coming. And so with that being said, I want to talk about something else that uh, happened over the weekend. I don't usually get too much into uh, NASCAR coverage on this show, even though it is a Southeast based show and uh Carolina is basically the NASCAR home, but I try to focus it more on the grassroots racing in the, in the Southeast, but I can't resist uh, talking about um, the, the racing from over the weekend, the truck race in mid Ohio um, stands out to me as by far and away, the most exciting road race event of the year. And if you don't follow the NASCAR camping world truck series, here again, some amazing personalities um, in that series. Just uh, some of the most dynamic and entertaining and fun, um, you know, drivers in that series. And boy, do they put on some racing! It was, it was just amazing to watch. Uh, that series is uh, almost uh, done with their regular season, actually, and they're heading to uh, heading to Pocono for their next event and going to be a couple of driver announcements prior to that race. uh, One of which we're going to have the 
subject on next week's show, uh, Caden Honeycutt. Uh, there's going to be an announcement coming out about Caden's um, future. And uh, so we'll have him on next Monday to talk about that as long as uh, the announcement's been released, which I think it will be by then. Excited for what Caden's got going. He's one of the drivers that uh, is from Texas. And, and you heard Lenny Batiki talk about, you know, drivers that have come from the Legends cars and gone on to bigger and better things. Caden is one of the more recent examples of that he he was racing in the shootout just a few years ago summer shootout at charlotte and um of course running legends uh races uh, i think uh little texas and uh, i think he ran maybe some thursday thunder stuff in atlanta i'm not sure but um you know again a great example of of a driver who's worked his way uh up through the late models and he's just as proficient uh on dirt one has won already a number of dirt races this year and has won a lot of them in his career down uh, his way in the Texas, Oklahoma area. Um, and uh, so Caden is going to join us next week. He's running the cars tour this year is his main uh, form of racing. He's running uh, for uh, Nelson Motorsports out of Virginia, and he's teamed with last year's champion, Bobby McCarty. And uh, Caden's had kind of a tough year on the Cars Tour. They just haven't been able to get the luck bank to not be overdrawn. Um, and they've struggled in some events, but um, they're finally starting to sort things out. So I'm I'm excited to be able to talk to him about the Cars Tour season and even more excited to talk to him about what I know he has coming up in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. Um, so that hopefully by uh, next Monday we'll be able to uh, talk about that as well. But uh, if if you're not following the truck series, I would strongly urge you to uh, tune in because the, the playoff chase is definitely up for grabs. And you've got some of the most aggressive drivers in that series. Um, Kyle Busch Motorsports has a couple of them. John Hunter Nemechek, Chandler Smith, um, two really great drivers that are both very aggressive and um, man, those guys are, are, are tough every race, um, you know, and, and, and there are probably five or six really good teams, but that race at mid Ohio was one of the best races I've seen in a long time and wasn't sure it was going to be that way because the day before it was pouring rain and, um, affected practice and qualifying, but, um, happy to see him get the race in and, and, uh, I wasn't sure it was the first time out for, for those guys at mid Ohio. So I wasn't sure what to expect, but I want to tell you, um, I'm a huge fan of the truck series as I am of the Xfinity and cup series, but, uh, they outdid themselves, um, this past weekend. And, uh, again, some interesting driver combinations going to be coming up in that series as we wind the season down and head into the playoffs. Um, and so really all three of the series are uh, are winding down and uh it's it's going to be very interesting to um to to see what happens over the course of the rest of the year. Zane Smith of course is the hot dog in the truck series and um I think uh I think Zane's got a shot at the regular season championship it certainly uh is the favorite going into the um the playoffs and and the run for the championship uh with Front Row Motorsports and uh He's going to be tough to beat. So, again, tune into the Truck Series and stay locked on the Truck Series, the balance of the year. We'll be back with more of Lead Lap right after this. 
Jesse Love, and you're listening to Lead Lap Radio. Welcome back to Lead Lap. And you know what? Sometimes you just have opportunities that you can't turn down. And uh, one of them just walked into the studio here as we get ready for our final segment. You've all heard from Sam Corey before. Um, Sam is is a racer who is 14 years old from Mooresville in the USF Juniors division. That is basically, um, if you think about USF4, uh, kind of the first step on the road to Indy, uh, USF Juniors is is similar yet different. Um, but the reason why we're reason why Sam's here is he's going to be on our worldwide syndicated show, The Inside Pass. Here in a few minutes, we record that right after this. But we thought we'd um, let you hear from him as well because Sam just got his first win in the USF Juniors. He is the youngest driver. Currently with a win in the USF junior division and um, technically that would sort of be on the road to Indy as well. So at 14 years old, he picked up a victory. Um, Talk about where you were. Talk about how the day went and uh, congratulations. man! Thank you. First off, I'd like to just say thank you for having me on the show. Um, But no, it was a really great day. Just awesome to be able to reach that goal for me. Um, uh, The day started out just the first day was uh it was an okay day f- just for practice and then uh th- we had a practice a qualifier and then um and then we had our, our race but qualifying was kind of crazy because uh it started out wet like it rained the, the night before it started it rained a little bit before qualifying so we went out we did we went out on rain tires went out did a lap and pit right like immediately and then we threw on some uh new slick tires and went out and we ended up getting second in qualifying just wow. like I think it was just one tenth off of uh, Matt Clark who went pole, and then we started the the first race on the outside front row, and um, just started working on Mac and just trying to make force him into mistakes. Um, so just kept pushing the limits every lap, and which what's cool about Mid Ohio is it's such a driver course. There's no drafting. There's yeah. nothing like that. So just in all the same cars, just really evenly to be able to to win on that course in itself is is really awesome. So we. Um, I was driving and just running laps down. There was a safety car, which I was on the outside of him in uh, turn five, and then the safety car came out. So it was it was interesting. But um, just for our audience who doesn't know maybe what that is, it's the equivalent of of a caution coming out on a short track, and the pace vehicle comes out and yeah, picks up safety the, front car. Of the field. So in in road racing, they call it a safety car. Probably more appropriate. Yes, yes. So safety car came out, and then um, at the restart, I went up and dove on the inside, trying to go in the inside of turn two. He made a really good block, so I hung the outside through turn two and got the run out of turn two, got the exit shot, and went down the back straight at mid-Ohio and uh, got to the inside, two two tires in the in the dirt on the inside, made a little bit of contact and uh, got away with it pretty clean and then led the last four laps, which felt like forever, uh, to take the victory. That's awesome. Um, I mean, it's and it's to me, it's been a bit overdue. You've been in contention in a lot of the events this year and just haven't quite been able to crack victory lane. But of course, first year in, you know, a full size open wheel car for you. Um, and of course, USF juniors in their first year as well. So everybody's kind of getting used to things. So good to see you finally get the victory and uh, spent the whole last segment talking about how I thought the truck race at mid Ohio was <laughs> the best road course race I've seen all year it was awesome. so far. It was a great race and um, you know, glad to see you obviously getting the win there as well. Um, what, what was it like when you crossed the, the finish line and, and knew that you had the victory? What were your thoughts? 
the first thing that went through my mind was just, yes, I've done it. I finally, I mean, all the races before that prior was just, I would podium every race, second, third, yeah, just being super consistent. And then I was just like, I finally did it. Let's like, I was so happy just to be able to get on the podium and spray the, spray the grape juice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Grape juice. He hastens to, uh, to add not champagne because of course, uh, these are not, most of these drivers are not 21. So we, we got to do the uh, artificial stuff and just make it <laughs> yep. look good. Um, yep. but it tastes much better in my opinion anyway. It it tastes it tastes a lot better when you win too. It yeah. was great. I'm sure oh, it does. It great. Yeah, so. I'm sure that was a, a great moment for you, and uh, really happy for you. Um, before I I, I want to let you get your sponsors in before we go any farther. We got about three minutes left, so as much of it as you need to take. Who helps helps you make all this happen? Hundred um, percent. Obviously, I'd like to thank my mom and dad, and um, I'd like to thank Steela Helmets and Simpson Race Products just for giving me the best safety equipment possible. Uh, I'd like to thank Phil Wright, which. Would you like me to explain Phil sure. Wright again? So, Tom, you see, you see these big gallon drums of uh, of um, fuel at the racetracks, but then you have your manual pump, and it takes you forever to pump out these pumps. Yes, it does. Well, you can just go to Phil Wright and get yourself a, an electric pump, and it just pumps it out for you. So you don't have to spend all that arm and uh, blood, sweat, and tears just getting fuel out of a drum. See, now that's much less of a pain in the gas. It is. It is. <laughs> much less of a pain in the gas. Um, it is. It that's, is. That's great. Who else is? I'd like to thank Punk. Punch Energy for sure, just helping me out as well, and all of my sponsors. It's it's really been in Redline Oil. They have helped me ever since I've been in karting. Um, all all of them. It, it really helps out a lot. Where do you go from here? I mean, you just just won at Mid Ohio. What what you got left for the rest of the year on the schedule? Go to Road America in less oh, than two, less than two weeks. Love it. Oh, it's great. I I can't wait. I bet that's a big old road course. You it is. you you. Do, are you able to to do anything with uh, like i racing? I use i racing a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I okay. use i racing a lot with um, the coaches and my teammates as well. So. I can't picture the USF Junior class at Road America. How like how long it's going to take to complete a lap there? It's crazy. It's like I, four miles. I drove a, a smaller <laughs> prototype car called an NPO one car, and it it was still took a long time. And draft is crazy, so I'm super excited. Yeah, I bet. Now um, you've got guys from basically all over the country racing, and even beyond. I mean, Matt Clark's from Canada. Yep. Um, and I think you've got some guys from other countries outside of the U.S. So it's a good group. It um, is. It is very competitive group. How are you enjoying the the USF Juniors class so far? I'm enjoying it a lot. It's really good to be able to just kind of take my first dip my feet in the water in the in the. Um, road to Indy ladder so the goal is to get the obviously the goal is to get to IndyCar but right now the goal is to to find the funds and obviously get really like a first second this year and find the funds to try and go to next year to run USF 2000. Now I know I would ask you if you're enjoying the series so far but I think we know the answer to that because <laughs> yeah. when you win a race it doesn't matter if you liked it before or not now it's your favorite series, it's my favorite ever, series right? ever. So real quick what do you do off the track to prepare for each race? I work out every day. I've been doing some football workouts as well just to keep me in shape um and then um I'm doing a lot of sim work with the coaches and everyone that's helping me. Um, I really appreciate them. Um, just making sure, watching video, watching film, just making sure I know what I'm doing. You have a mental coach too, right? I do. Tracy? Yep. I Talk do. about I have Tracy. Tracy. We got Tracy. about 40 seconds here, but Tracy has a show on our station. Okay. W yeah, yeah. I, I was uh, I did with Tracy, did the mental edge training, just um, stuff like that. And it actually helped a lot with breathing techniques and different stuff that you can do to kind of help focus you in and lock you in, which I still use. 
Well, you took it straight to victory lane at Mid-Ohio this past weekend, and uh, congratulations on that. And Thank glad you. to have you on for a little bit here on Lead Lab. Keep winning. We'll keep bringing you back again because that's what we do with winners. We have them on the radio show. So I uh, so appreciate much. it, Sam. And uh, real quick, SamCoreyRacing.com. Yep, that's uh, my website. And then all my social is Sam Corey Racing, except for Facebook is SJ Corey Racing. All right, that's it. We're out. See ya. You've been listening to The Lead Lap Show, home to Southeast Motorsports coverage on the radio. For more exciting and passionate motorsport content, follow Lead Lap Show on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And visit leadlapshow.com. The opinions expressed by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, affiliates, or marketing partners of The Lead Lap Show. No part of this show may be reproduced in any manner without the expressed written consent of the Lead Lab Show. Thank you for listening.